0: We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. The Nonprofit Leadership Podcast is supported by First Republic Bank. Have you ever experienced the kind of relationship with a banker who is available to answer all your questions, even by phone or email? At First Republic, everyone gets a personal banker, a consistent point of contact who's ready to answer your questions no matter how complex. Learn more at firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology tools and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology, strategy, and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all too prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com nonprofitinvesting nonprofit investing. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com nonprofitinvesting nonprofit investing. Securities offered through Infinex Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Well, hello, podcast listeners. How are you? I hope you are all doing well. Thanks for tuning in today. You know, I'm excited to bring this next episode to you because my guests today on the show are providing the miracle of mobility to people all over the world. For $96, you and I can purchase a wheelchair through them, and they will deliver to a person in the developing world who doesn't have the means to purchase a wheelchair. And the result is that this person who may have been confined to their home for 25 years or struggling through the dirt to move around at all, now has the opportunity to have mobility. My guests today are Don Schoendorfer and Nuka Solomon. Don is the founder and president, and Nuka is the CEO of the Free Wheelchair Mission. I think you're going to be inspired by both of them. Enjoy today's show. Well, Don and Nuka, great to have you on the show. Tell us all about the Free Wheelchair Mission.
1: Well, it was just seeing somebody crawling on the ground in Morocco using her fingernails for traction, trying to cross a road and not be stepped on in 79. And then that uh, image kind of that vision kind of held with me for 20 years until it got to the point where I could rearrange my life and do something about it. Wow. That's powerful image. And then Nuka, how did you get involved?
2: Oh, I started working for Free Wiltshire Mission six years ago. And, you know, what struck me when I came on board, was the vast need. Um, there are 75 million people in the world that need a wheelchair. That's a World Health Organization WHO estimate. And the vast majority of them can't get one. So, Free Wheelchair Mission has for many years been doing this work to try to solve that problem, as John described, that need to help people that otherwise could not get that medical device. That is the difference between them sometimes seeing the sunlight or going to work or being able to be part of their community. So it's just been my greatest honor, especially as I was telling somebody earlier today, being first generation American and and knowing the need firsthand because of where my family is from. I know inherently what it's like to have somebody come along from a different and faraway place and understand and remember that you exist and that you might need something that could help you.
0: Uh, I love hearing already your hearts for this work and why it draws you in to the mission. And let's go in, go into this um, issue of mobility. Because as I understand it, that really is the goal of all that you do, allowing all people, regardless of disability, to have mobility. And that mobility gives them both independence and dignity And I know those are two big values, of course, for you. And as you mentioned, Nuka, the WHO has said that there's about 75 million people that need a wheelchair around the world. uh, And the vast majority of those cannot get one on their own. And so this obviously impacts their ability to have mobility. So talk about the process you've created because you've done some really creative things over the last several years when it comes to making or obtaining the wheelchairs you need and then getting those wheelchairs to the people who need them most. And Nuka, I think you're going to answer this one.
2: Sure. So we have a, a tiny but mighty team and we're doing so many wheelchairs. We've done over 1.3 million since our founding. Wow. Only that's a about lot. about 30 employees or so. We're doing that work. Um, and I herald them every day for that. And the way we do it, like any nonprofit or ministry or charitable organization, is we have a core team of people that look at the programmatic side, fundraising side, the marketing side, the operations But we are unique because we have a manufacturing and engineering side of what we do that really started with Don's invention of the first wheelchair that we had. And now the genesis, of that was the genesis of the organization, has evolved to us having now two other wheelchairs that we manufacture abroad. So they're manufactured in Asia. We have two factories that we work in. And from those factories... Those wheelchairs are shipped directly to distribution partners. So those are non-governmental agencies or NGOs, clinics, hospitals, et cetera, that we train and partner with for the long haul, hopefully, to receive our product. And we give them out in shipping containers of, on average, about 500 or so wheelchairs per shipping container. And we get them to them for free. So we take care of all of the manufacturing costs with the help of our generous supporters and all that it entails to ship to them directly. And then we ask them to take with responsibility for the product once it arrives. But then we hold their hands again in teaching them how to prescribe the, the administering of the, of the product to the end-team So there's a lot that goes into giving out a wheelchair, but we're really proud that we're actually training people to train others in our countries to do it safely.
0: And you say a couple, first of all, thank you and congratulations uh, for all you're doing. That's amazing. Uh, so they're free to the recipient. However, once the they receive the wheelchair, then you will train them, of course, but then they have to take care of it, maintain it, et cetera. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. I mean, as our name says, it's free. Yeah, that makes sense, um, right? And that, and yeah, um, and that's really important. As Don said earlier, the need is so great. And some people have been waiting decades and their whole lifetime for a wheelchair, right? And For us, we tell our donors it's $96 and that $96 can really do a lot. But then it is important that they understand how to use it or their caretaker understand how to use it or our partners on the ground that are actually helping to do the distributions with us understand the safe way to do it. So we do train them as to the exercises that need to be done, not just the assembly of the chairs, but the exercises and the how-to take care of the chair in the aftermath of us, of us leaving because at the end of the day, they're going to have to use the product for the long term.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that. And and certainly, I think in America, disability rights are front and center. And I think we're getting better and better at improving access to all people, regardless of ability. Now, of course, we always have room to grow, but I think in America, anyway, there's a lot of advocacy and there's been a lot of work done already to accomplish and provide more accessibility to people with disabilities. So I'm curious, you're all over the world and you work in these various countries. So what is it like in the countries where you serve internationally when it comes to advocacy for those with disabilities?
1: Abilities. Sure. Well, um, we've made a lot of progress in the United States, as in other, as have others in developed countries. But it's still not as good as it has to be for people with this wheelchairs in uh, in developed countries. It, it's a pretty sad life, but they, there's a lot of they've they've made a lot of progress, and that's it, and that's that's joyful to know that. But in in developing countries. Uh, you know, World Health Organization and United Nations have have docu- have made documents about what has to be done, but it it'll take d- uh, decades before it actually is done. Just like it did in the United States, because um, you know when the countries are trying to feed their people, um, they don't have a lot of extra money for uh, f- for something a, a utility thing like a wheelchair. So, so we're doing a lot of that ourselves just by giving out wheelchairs and then telling people that they belong to the country, they're loved by God, they they deserve a wheelchair and it's a gift and the fact that there's no discrimination. And then we have many examples of where the people have gone on now that the door has been open, they have at least a step in the right direction. they can possibly get a job, possibly get married, possibly raise a family, and be out in the open where other people can see them because in the past when you're disabled and you, and you don't have a wheelchair, you're hidden. you have no voice. So, this is a way we're doing our advocacy now, and it, it'll 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 take decades again until it gets to be a fair world for everybody.
0: No, well said. Appreciate your answering that, and you know certainly every nonprofit is dependent on financial support, right? That's the lifeblood of any nonprofit organization. And or you have an international uh, organization that reaches far into many many countries. I'm curious about your funding model. How does that work, Nuka?
2: Well, well, on, um like not most nonprofits, we hope and pray that we get dollars in because we know what the need is. And um our model is um that we have a the majority of our donations come in from individuals, um, most of them in the United States. Um then we have a traditional fundraising team per se that are d- dynamite at um, building relationships. that's really important and really sharing firsthand what the need is. When you have people in the United States that are very generous, but yet they may not know and understand what Donald was talking about, about that woman in Morocco, because they may have never visited Morocco, it's really important to be able to give them that visual in words and maybe even imagery. So our model is to really share the story and to build relationships. So we start with individuals as our majority donor base, but we also rely on some foundations. Um, that would probably be the second largest funding source that we have. We apply for grants, and the grants can be just specific to our work um, in terms of giving out wheelchairs, or even more specific to projects that we're doing um, to develop the wheelchairs, design the wheelchairs in this in our program. And then we have institutions that give to us, like churches and other agencies, like even corporations. Um, and we're trying really hard to look at ourselves from all the different angles that um, may be appealing for a donor. Because we make a medical device, that could be someone who values the biomedical engineering side of what we do in a way, or in the mechanical engineering side, you could probably say more. It could be somebody who's a humanitarian at heart that loves to give out to different countries. So it's really exciting that we have all of these different ways that people could be attracted to us, but it really starts with that individual who has a heart for giving.
0: We'll be right back. The Nonprofit Leadership Podcast is supported by First Republic Bank. Have you ever experienced the kind of relationship with a banker who is available to answer all your questions, even by phone or email? At First Republic, everyone gets a personal banker a consistent point of contact who's ready to answer your questions no matter how complex. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology tools and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology, strategy, and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all too prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, Please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofitinvesting. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofitinvesting. Securities offered through Infinex Investments Incorporated, member F-I-N-R-A and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Well, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you will find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, including some from other countries, all trying to make their world better. And when you go to our website, you can also subscribe to my monthly leadership update in order to get more content, ask me questions, and join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community just look for the subscribe button which is on the top right hand side it's a real easy process well thanks again for listening now back to the show you no know, it sounds like you have a great diverse funding model which i think is wise for any nonprofit and I think, you know, as I've learned a little bit more about your organization, one of your strengths, it seems like, is you've really connected well with local contacts. And even just the way you talked about how you got, you get wheelchairs to people in need, you've developed an impressive network of local contacts, it seems like. So talk about how you've gone about doing that. And I'm sure that's an ongoing process. What do you do? What's your, your mission and, and what's your um, philosophy, so to speak, of connecting with, you um, Local context—they're in the country, in the cities of the people that need it—and then how do people, on the flip side, how do they request a wheelchair so that it eventually gets back to you? And I think both of you can answer this one. So maybe start, Don, and then Nuka—you could also add your thoughts on this.
1: Well, in respect to uh, connecting locally, one of the advantages we have is—you know—we give a wheelchair, we bring one with us almost every place we go, and we say, "Put your hands on this wheelchair." for $96 you know someone's going to get this it won't be this wheelchair but someone's going to get a wheelchair so it's a really very very strong connection with what you donate and what's going to happen now the disadvantage is um we give a, we don't give away a wheelchair as the United States or de- other developed countries we only give them away in developing countries and most people can't come with us when we actually give a wheelchair away but you know you you come up to a a, 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 a a what would you call a slum and all the things that are going on in the slum are there the noise the smell the uh, the the dirt the darkness and and there you are and you knock on the door and you yeah I say you say to them hi this, I'm we're from an organization and you're sit in your country and we'd like to give your grandfather a wheelchair and you go inside and you you meet the family and you meet grandfather and they tell you that grandfather hasn't been out of the house for 25 years because he can't walk and we can't carry him. And you lift him up and put him in a wheelchair Uh, and you say, Hey, we want to go outside. And he's, 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 he's never ever, he's given up the idea of ever going outside. And he'll sometimes want to think about it because it's too much for him to do it all at one time. And sometimes he'll say, yes, go out. And when you've witnessed that, uh event which maybe takes less than an hour you'll see how life has been changed for not only him but the family so we we bring that image back in video and stories and sometimes we can even bring recipients back with us and here meet the people in in the united states who have supported your this this process for you to get a wheelchair and uh we try to make up for the fact that they can't come with us and that's been very powerful um and it's also powerful to engage a foundation or engage a you know a company, uh, because they can start to see this is how we could help too. And maybe we could send people on a mission trip and we could be there with you. And you know, we'd love you to have we love to have you. Let's go. That's fantastic. Love it. Nuka, what would you add to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, you asked about the on our local, you know, we we're really proud that we have a strong network of partners. What's unique about your wheelchair mission, unlike other humanitarian organizations I think is that we don't just come in and come out you know it's a true partnership I sometimes call it a marriage you know so when we decide that we're going to work with an agency we hope that we'll stay with them for the long haul and that is really about us investing in that that organization and their local community for the reasons that Don said we're investing in training them. We're investing in understanding about them and empowering them to train other people, potentially even creating jobs within the partnership. And that hopefully will then grow and grow and grow to have more people understand the need and understand the way to give out the wheelchairs. Currently, we have I'd say about forty-eight partners, and in um, over thirty countries. Over our time with Free Wheelchair Mission, being since its founding, we've done ninety-four countries and. With 75 million wheelchairs out there needed, you could just say that we've just done a bit, right? Sure. Um, But we're really proud about those relationships that we've built abroad.
0: No, it's impressive. And the time you've been in existence, as I understand, you started in 2001. Um, So in the Mm -hmm. last, what, 22 years, that's impressive. Um, In fact, you've grown quite a bit over the years. Tell us how you've been able to uh, scale your organization uh, while at the same time keeping your team aligned with your mission and values and avoiding mission drift. In the meantime, Nuka, maybe you could speak to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think as leaders, I think it's really important. It starts with us, right? It's the kind of the rinse and repeat, repetitive um, drumbeat of the need. For it to say $75 million in need, that's something we say all the time to the team and to our supporters. We don't let up. So I think repetition is important. I think one way that we've kept it going and aligning to mission is sharing stories. Um, I value very much getting out in the field um, so I can relate to what the team is telling me is needed and what's needed on the ground. It's not good enough for me to st- sit behind the desk. And I have to model what Don started and his trust in me to lead the organization. And the only way to do that is to get on the ground and hear those stories. So if I come back, I make sure that I'm sharing the story of a child who, you know, thanks us for the wheelchair and that that was the difference in him getting a hug or not getting a hug, right? But I think also it's about from a kind of a more leadership and operational perspective, it's really being clear about what the goal is um, with your team, with your supporters. And I think we've done a good job of that. Um, We are, we're very distinct about when we plan and when we set goals and when we meet with our team to discuss those goals. I think our donors would appreciate that because they have a high expectation of us. But then also, I think it's important to share with the broader audience what's happening. And we're very transparent about that and sharing stories regularly with people that we meet, whether it be through emails that we send every Friday with a story in it, our annual report. Um, And during covid when we couldn't meet the people face-to-face, we did that virtually um, and expanded um, our events virtually um, that we were doing in person.
0: I love hearing about that. And I thought maybe I could go back to you, Don. You started this organization. You gave a bit of why you did and the the inspiration. Um, here you are. You've given so many wheelchairs away now. Did you ever envision you'd get to this size? And and where do you kind of see into the future here of where this organization will go with Nuka's leadership?
1: Well, I've over the years, even before if we will, at your mission. I became very spiritual. And you talk about what our biggest challenges are. You know, there, there, there's two really things that people have a hard time believing and accepting and grasping. You know, 75 million people crawling on the ground or being carried or languishing. And we have a solution for $96. That's not that much money, really, right? Yeah, it's life changing. It's not. And, and that $96 is going to give somebody a new life. It's going to change somebody's life. And what can I give you for $96 that would change your life? And yet, yeah, this is, they consider this to be a miracle when they get a wheelchair. I bet.
0: I bet. That's so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. If you think $96 to literally create mobility for somebody who's been confined to their home perhaps for 25 years, it, it is a miracle. I mean, that is incredible. Yeah, Nuka, what else would you say, particularly when it comes to the challenges you're looking at, say, the next year or the next three years even, what are the challenges for free wheelchair mission, but also just nonprofits in general doing this kind of work?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Don said we have a huge problem that we're trying to battle, right, that potentially will always exist in terms of the need. But the reality is that there are so many problems in the world, right? We see them every day, unfortunately, in the news. And I think nonprofits are dealing with the fact that their potential donors or those who care are inundated with that reality. There are wars, there are people that need water, there are people that need food, there are people that need clothing, they need shelter, and they need wheelchairs. So dealing with that and still trying to reach the heart of those individuals and to share that important factoid about the 75 mil is a challenge. Because there's so much noise and, and you know chatter around so many other topics as well that have nothing to do with me. Um, so figuring out where we fit into a world where people's attention span is really brief and short and the moving parts of media and digital spaces goes so fast and keeping up with that is something that we're looking at and how do we approach a growing and very eager and opinionated as they should be younger generation to get them um, tapped into the need and interested um, is something that we're very mindful we have to do if free will transmission is to be viable for decades upon decades to come. Um, So I think this is something that our challenge, but as I talk to other nonprofit leaders, as I just did about 30 minutes ago, it's the same challenge for everyone.
0: Well said, No, And I think as you look towards the future in terms of scaling organization, we have a lot of organizations that talk about how they desire to scale. And and that's not an easy thing to do, right? To number one, just scale in general, but number two, to keep your mission front and center and scale at the same time. Those are both sometimes difficult things to do. Uh, What if you had all the money in the world and McKinsey Scott yeah. gave you a, a grant, how would you go about scaling so you could reach those 75 million people that need wheelchairs? It's
2: so funny that you would say that. I was just talking about her this morning. Is that right? My, yeah, we were specifically having a meeting about that. Oh, that's funny. You know, it's interesting that you would ask that because I think what happens is when you get a large sum of money, which we would all love a Miracle like that, it then makes you have to look at the way you've been doing your business or doing the mission. And you realize that a lot of times you weren't doing it with that level of revenue in mind. You were doing it with the level of revenue that you were used to, with a growth of X percent every year. So you may need to change your model some. And I think that's what we've realized in the inner workings of our leadership team and our board that we're going to have to look at. Everything works very well in the way we do our program now. But if we were to double, triple, or quadruple our budget, yes, it would allow for more wheelchairs to go out, but we would put, we would most likely have to change how we do the giving out to coincide with that and the way we do our program currently. So we are actually, it's, it's really spot on question. It is something that we just met about at a recent board retreat. And we will continue to discuss in the coming month um, because we need a, a longer strategic plan as we're about to go into the um, end of our current um, goal cycle. But yeah, I think it's something that it's important. I think a nonprofits are looking at how they can become more sustainable. So how can they look at less dependency on the annual budget and donations of you know donors and potentially create more sustainability and viability financially for themselves to do their program. So to be continued. Okay. Um, but for now, our model works. Um, and if we had a large injection of revenue, it would be that we would give out more wheelchairs and containers of wheelchairs and be able to grow our team to do the program um, in the way that we do.
0: Yeah. Well said. Well, thank you for sharing that, and so glad you're having conversations about that now. You never know; you may get a, a surprise gift, and uh, the question will be: Will you be ready? Right? Will all of us be ready for those gifts that are unexpected? So, well said, John. Um, could you tell uh, our listeners how can people find out a little bit more about the organization itself?
1: Well, we're Irvine, California is our home base um, because we we don't give away wheelchairs here. They don't have the need of volunteers as we do, as many other nonprofits do. But well, we do need a lot of help fundraising because there, we have a move for mobility coming up where you, people just go off and do something like run or climb or hike or ride a bicycle for mobility. And it's like a marathon, but you're on your own. You can you can dial in what you want to do and how many people you want to have help. We have uh, events during the year. We need help. We need people. We need to advise and ambassadors to talk about us. They don't have to be donors. All they need to do is get the passion to talk and to tell their neighbors, tell their friends, tell their church, uh, to, uh, share the secret, which is often a secret about what we do. It's, and it, we don't mean it to be a secret. We mean to know that there are people getting uh, their lives are change every day because of uh, what we do. And yeah, so it's their talent, their time. And of course, if they wanted to engage in, in their treasure, there's donations that can be made at free our website. Okay, well, perfect. Well, I, Nuka, yeah, what'd you like to add?
2: I was going to add, um, it's interesting. You know, we are, as Arne said, in California, And we don't have like a lot of nonprofits, volunteers that are going every day, actually giving out the wheelchairs. We do have volunteers coming into our office. We do have volunteers doing things remotely for us, like translations and advising even for our engineering and design purposes. But we do need influencers. We need people who are going to give us advice. I always tell people if you're sliding on, you're using your your index finger to slide or glide on LinkedIn or social media, Portals like that, you know, like us, follow us, and share and repost our our mission with others. Because if more people know about it, it's a simple solution to a very complex problem. And, and I think that's what's going to allow us to scale up.
0: Oh, well said. Well done. And Nuka, thank you for your leadership. Thanks for all you're doing to truly create mobility for so many people around the world. And thanks for taking time to be on the show today.
2: Thank you so much, Rob.
0: It's, it's our honor.
1: Thank you for inviting us.